This is Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. Pure, unadulterated Pompey. Absolutely thrilled to be here. You know, everything that I was expecting coming into the city and coming into the football club has been matched and more. Action and reaction. I think you probably saw on the pitch that there was a lot that we'd worked on in a short space of time. I think it's really good positive signs for the future. Certainly really excited to be playing under him and excited for what we can achieve this season now. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's been immensely frustrating to still be in League One after six years. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. Fratton Park is painted scarlet red on Valentine's Day as Pompey is saved by the Great Dane right at the death. Ogilvy crossed to the far post, headed down and Scarlet scored! And Pompey steal it at the end! For Spurs, Loney with his sixth goal of the season on Tuesday night to ensure the Blues' run without a league victory was not extended to four games. Defender Joe Rafferty was involved in that win over Burton Albion, making his first appearance in over five months, following a lengthy spell on the sidelines through injury. He's been talking about the long-awaited return and how desperate he's been to get involved sooner. Feeling really good. I've been dying to get back involved. Probably the physios have had to rein me in a little bit. I've been wanting to go now for a few weeks. Head coach John Messino also highlights Rafferty's return as well as his team's persistency to keep plugging and eventually get what they deserved in midweek. I think we've really deserved it over the course of 90 minutes and we created some good chances without being quite as clinical as we'd like to be in the final third. The three of us here in the studio will also preview the men's trip to Lincoln City this weekend and the women's home clash with Cheltenham Town. Boss Jay Sadler will be previewing that one with us. Cheltenham are going to be more of a physical test. They've got some real athletic and, and, and physical qualities in their team. On this Friday evening, you join us here on 93.7 Express FM for another episode of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to the latest instalment of the Football Hour here on Express FM, brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South. Download the app now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store to prepay for your ticket, locate your nearest stop and view up-to-date timetables as well. So, plenty to come between now and 7 o'clock, including a full review of Tuesday's return to winning ways for Pompey over Burton Albion, a discussion about the appointment of John Messino's assistant head coach and to look ahead to tomorrow's trip to Sinsel Bank. We'll also, a little later on, as discussed, preview the women's next league encounter with head coach Jay Sadler. But as always, Blues fans, we're relying on you back home to have your say and help us along through the course of the show. What did you make of Joe Rafferty upon his return from injury in midweek? Who was your man of a match at Fratton Park? And how confident are you of Pompey potentially becoming the first team to beat Lincoln City on their own turf this weekend? Get in touch with all of your answers, concerns and queries, as well as score predictions too. 81400 is the number to text. Start your messages with the word express. Otherwise... Email sport at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm within your tweets or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Before we begin, let's start this evening's journey by casting our minds back to just three days ago. Burton Albion the visitors to PO4 as the Blues went in search for their first win in three weeks, following a run of three matches which had resulted in an accumulation of just one point. Andy Moon was joined alongside Mark Kelly for the commentary of this one. Passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot and scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scores! This is... You wouldn't believe it! Pompey Live. Great to have you with us on Valentine's evening. If you're delaying your Valentine's meal or maybe letting us be your soundtrack to it, it's good to be with you. Loose ball bouncing in the box. Ogilvy's going to get it. Go short to Lane. But Morel might hit it on his right foot. And McGilvery was sprawling to his left and tipped it round the post for a corner kick. Nil-nil. Good run from Paddy Lane. Goes to his right-hand side. Will lay it to Rafferty. Cross to come in. Deflects to the edge of the penalty area. Morel nods it down. It's headed up in the air in the Burton box. It's falling and it's going to fall for Burton to give a poor clearance. Ogilvy shoots and McGilvery takes. In it comes. It's flat towards the near post. Flicked on. Danger here and it's going to go in. Surely no. How on earth has Joe Powell missed? And I think Holloway Emmy 
had saved that with his feet and miraculously kept it at nil-nil. As Lane, lovely ball in, looking for Ogilvy. It's come off a defender and Ogilvy grabs it on the line. Raggett can't get there. Half-time here, Forster's nil, Burton Albion nil. Burrell's got space out to the left-hand side. Here's Hackett, Hackett drives it across, charge with Bishop over the bar. Best chance Forster have had, still nil-nil. Yeah, and it's a better clever ball, isn't it? Dale, plenty of options in the middle, trying to get to the dead ball line. Can he chip it in to the near post? He can, it's loose. Ogilvy trying to get a shot away. It's there for Lane, and he blazes over. Rafferty with the chance to deliver into the box. Deep to the far post, Bishop's up! And it's a wonderful save by McGilvery. How on earth did he keep that one out? And that's why he was the Pompey Player of the Year. What a save, and the Frattenender applauding. As Pompey try and break in the box, Piggott has it to Tonicliffe. Tonicliffe across the face of goal. That's magnificent defending from Brayford. Wonderful play, and Ogilvy cross to the far post, headed down, and Scarlett scored! And Pompey steal it at the end! A stoppage time winner for Dane Scarlett. They kept pushing, and the winner has surely arrived for Portsmouth. Portsmouth won, Burton Albion nil. Because the final whistle has gone, and Portsmouth have beaten Burton Albion here by a goal to nil. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. The highlights there of Pompey's 1-0 victory over Burton Albion on Valentine's Day just a few days ago. There were uh, a full list of League One games in midweek, including Pompey's 1-0 win over the Brewers. Elsewhere, Accrington Stanley were defeated by two goals to nil at home to Wickham Wanderers. Bolton Wanderers shipped five goals yet again at home to MK Dons, winning that one by five goals to nil. Bristol Rovers and Ipswich shared a nil-nil draw. Cambridge United were defeated by two goals to one to Cheltenham Town on home turf. Derby County and tomorrow's opponents, Lincoln City, shared a one-all draw at Pride Park. Elsewhere, Exeter nil, Shrewsbury nil, Fleetwood Town one. Peterborough United 0, Forest Green Rovers 0, Charlton Athletic 1, Oxford United 1, Plymouth Argyle 3, Port Vale 1, Barnsley 3 and Sheffield Wednesday 3, Morecambe 0, which means the League 1 standings look a bit like this. Plymouth Argyle back on the top on 67 points with Sheffield Wednesday in second on 65 points. Bolton leapfrog Ipswich Town up to third they're on 59 points whereas Ipswich are down in fourth with 57 but with a game in hand as well Derby County and Barnsley make up the playoff positions Pompey uh, have returned to their 10th place spot in League One just three points behind Peterborough in ninth Shrewsbury and Wickham uh, flying high in the division as things stand both sides unbeaten in their last four matches Forest Green Rovers Cambridge Accrington Stanley and Morecambe make up the relegation zone Milton Keynes um, are still just outside of that one. Okay, joining uh, me alongside uh, on, in the studio this evening to uh, talk about that game on Tuesday night. Uh, we start off with a familiar face. Uh, if you're on top of all of your Pompey podcasts and social media blogs, uh, then you will recognise this man right here. Freddie Webb, reporter at the Ports of News and presenter of the PO Forecast, joins us on the show this evening. Freddie, good evening, mate. Thanks for taking the time to, to come on today. No worries at all, Jake. Thanks very much for having me. So, b- back to Tuesday then. Uh, Freddie, 1-0 win for Pompey. Oh, uh, it, the game as a whole, uh, just one of those matches where the Blues had to be a little bit patient to find that, that opening. Yeah, precisely. It was frustrating to start with. Pompey created not very much in the first half, but they grew into it slowly. Um, a lot of players had standout games, I thought. Joe Rafferty being one of them. His crossing was exceptional um, in this game creating a lot of chances. Burton were quite stubborn. They were putting their foot in with their 22 fouls. And I'm just glad that Pompey finally got the win they deserved right at the end of it. That is the key thing, the three points for Pompey for the first time in four matches. Uh, alongside Freddie tonight, joining me live in the studio, Ryan Lewis makes his return to the footballer. Ryan, cheers for coming in. Cheers for having me, Jake. So, yeah, again, back to Tuesday night. That's the game we're going to highlight first of all on the show this evening. Ryan, um, a 1-0 win for Pompey um, in a game where many were fr- frustrated at Fratton Park of how long it took to breach that defence. But for you, is the most important thing just the, the bottom line is we, we managed to get the goal and the win over the line? Oh, absolutely. Um, like people were saying on social media and everything, that the game was a mid-table clash. Um, it took Pompey a long time to get into it. Um, I thought we played very well in the first half. I thought Rico Hackett had a standout first half. Um, 
and heading in towards the second half I just felt the goal w- would come yeah. and it's just a game like you said of being patient and the goal would finally come and it wasn't just a game of, of Pompey fans being patient, um, Thready, but it was also 90 minutes for one man in particular to be very, very patient, Dane Scarlett, scoring his first league goal since the end of September. The right man in the right place to, to put the Blues one goal to be good against Burton Albion on Tuesday night. How, how much do you think that is sort of going to do him in, in terms of confidence and, and going forward to the remainder of the campaign, Freddie? I think it'll do a world of good. Um, any striker has confidence problems, even even doesn't matter how good they are. If they don't hit the back of the net for ages, then it can certainly get on top of them. It was also great to see Piggott get the assist with the header back across the penalty area. But no, I think it'll do Scarlett the world of good. He seems to be enjoying that wider role slightly more under John Massino. And we need all the options we can get for the rest of the season to have a you know, a glimmer of hope uh, for the playoffs, which still seem unlikely after those three points. Mm. There were plenty of changes for Pompey on Tuesday night, Ryan. You mentioned one of them there, uh, Rico Hackett coming into the starting eleven over the last kind of two or three weeks. Rico Hackett's come off a bench. He's um, gone and scored away at Peterborough. Okay, albeit only a consolation on that day. Likewise, last weekend's away at Plymouth Argyle, scoring a, a consolation and a three-one defeat. How, how would you assess? kind of his performances in the last few weeks and how he's suddenly developed into this, you know, player who, who you know, fans on social media, as you mentioned, can't really stop talking about because of his goals and his performances. Yeah, I think um, both his uh, appearances off the bench, particularly at Peterborough, scored again. And at Plymouth, he was very impressive coming on. Him and Scarlett drove forwards. Um, and we were unlucky not to get an equaliser against Plymouth. Mm. Obviously, talking about Scarlett there, um, being very critical of him at, at Plymouth. Mm. But obviously, great to get that goal and hopefully get him the confidence going forward to the end of the season. Do you think, Ryan, perhaps that the, the decision-making at Plymouth and that moment that you've highlighted, the, the chance where he had Paddy, Paddy Lane to his left at 2-1 down, didn't square it to him and, and took, the, well, took, it, took too long, really, to release the ball. Do you think that maybe might have played on his mind ahead of Tuesday's game, which has made him a bit more confident to go out there? And OK, it was a, not saying an easy goal, I probably wouldn't be able to score it, but do you, do you think that, that would have maybe kicked him onwards to, to do better things on Tuesday? Yeah, obviously, every, every professional footballer obviously wants to improve and people saying things that they wear on social media and things I think it just drives them forward and um, play professionally I think there's a few chances in the second half um, where he did try and look out for the pass particularly on the counter attack um, deep into the second half he tried to feed it through yeah. and I think before Tuesday before Saturday against Plymouth he might have tried to go himself mm-hmm. Yeah, um, one player who also made a return to the starting eleven, uh, but for, for different reasons, Freddie Joe Rafferty, his first game back since an injury forced him off against Peterborough at home back on the third of September. That, of course, a two-one win for Pompey, who at that stage of the season had just gone top of the League One standing. So Joe Rafferty back into the starting eleven on Tuesday night. How would you assess his first game back in what just over five months now? Oh, it was like it was never away, wasn't it? Um, stepped straight in. I mentioned his brilliant crossing earlier, and also we did that on the podcast this week. He had 70% crossing accuracy from 10 crosses, which is quite brilliant, considering he was also up and down in the right places, offering a lot of whip, supporting the, supporting the right winger, and being there to receive passes from Morel as well. He was all over the pitch. It's clear that he has a quality, and he's played in a high division previously and for Pompey's back four to be better for the rest of the games I think he has to be the first choice right back currently okay then let's take a listen to the Blues right back himself now shall we Henry Port spoke to Joe Rafferty after the full time whistle in midweek Rafs what a way to win at the end describe how important those three points are tonight yeah um, it's obviously a big three points for us um, went into the game um, confidence of, of winning it um, Quite frustrating at times. Yeah, we had created a few chances and they just we ain't going in. It looked like it could have been one of them days, but uh, you know it was a massive goal for us at the end and you know the brilliant scenes. Obviously, the 90-minute winner right at the end, as you mentioned. How how special was that moment at the end? Yeah, it was it was really special. You know, it was really enjoyable. Um, we just we kept pushing and pushing and pushing, and when when it finally goes in, you know, it's 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 great relief. 
mentioned pushing, pushing and pushing there. Obviously, as a team, that's really important. How how important was that as we look to get those three points today? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really important for us. You've just got to keep going and going and going. And, you know, it, it can be frustrating at times um, when it's not really dropping and basically not not, not going in. I keep made a brilliant save off uh, Colby um, and look like it could have been. But, yeah, it's, it's really special when it, when it eventually drops in. On a personal note, back out there for the first time in 90 minutes since your injury. How are you feeling after that? Yeah, feeling really good. Um, I've been I've been dying to get back involved. Um, probably the physios have had to rein me in a little bit. Uh, I've been been wanting to wanting to go now for a few weeks. Um, obviously, travel with the boys on Saturday. But yeah, I was just I was just made up just to get out there and uh, like I I don't want to come off. So I'm happy to just play the full game, play the full ninety. You touched on it there. The manager said you ended up playing longer than expected, so that must show how much you were keen to get back out there today. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, you know, you said before the game it might be 60, um, 75, but for me, like, I, I felt ready. I felt ready to go. Um, I keep myself um, in good shape, keep myself ticking over. Um, I've, I've done everything asked uh, by the physios and stuff like that, uh, and Jeff, the fitness coach. So, like, I, I was ready to do 90, and, like, luckily, um, it went well. Clean sheet on your return as well. Explain how much of a confidence boost that is for you and the rest of the back line. Um, yeah, it is. It's 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 a good confidence booster um, for all of us. I thought Josh, um, the keeper, was was brilliant. He made some really good saves for us. Really important saves. Um, so massive confidence booster for him. Um, and we've we've all got a lot of faith in it, faith in Josh. Um, so yeah, it was brilliant, brilliant for all of us and as a team collectively, brilliant to get a clean sheet at home. Just finally, how important was the love and support from the Frat and Faithful today to get those three points? Yeah, it was brilliant. You know, they kept pushing. Uh, obviously, towards the end, they were getting a bit frustrated and maybe want the ball just just going forwards. But, you know, it's 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 very important that goes forwards with a bit of quality and we get the ball into the box with quality rather than just hitting it and hoping. So, I think we did. Um, got it into the box, we kept pushing, 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 and eventually we got the goal. There we go. Joe Rafferty speaking to Henry Port after the full-time whistle uh, in Pompey's 1-0 victory over Burton Albion at Fratton Park on Valentine's Day, Tuesday night. Ryan, um, no love lost for, for, for Joe Rafferty in that one. How good is it to see him back in the team? Oh, absolutely. We've been, obviously, we've had Swanson in. He's been doing really well, but Rafferty is obviously our first choice and I think it will improve Owen Dale's game as well, like Freddie touched upon. He's he wants the ball. He he offers support and runs. He always goes on. I think Owen Dale sometimes gets to the, gets to the byline and maybe has hasn't many options. But I think Joe Rafferty will be there. He's got the know how and his crossing's superb. Yeah. Um, Texting uh, here for it says hi, hi RL from Twitter. I'm your biggest fan from Miles. You can uh. be a fan there. We know who that is. Shout yeah. out to Miles. Um, right, after the break, don't forget Pompey fans back home, you can get involved like Miles has done there. 81400 on the text. Start your messages with the word express. You can otherwise tweet at expressfm, email sport at expressfm.com or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. We've got a few more of those coming in, so we will get to those in just a few moments' time. Right, after the break, when we return with even more Pompey discussion and move on to start previewing Pompey's trip to Lincoln City tomorrow afternoon, but not before the post-match thoughts of John Messino from Tuesday night. He talks about the game and the return of Joe Rafferty. We thought that we'd maybe have to replace Joe after 70, but he just grew into the game and it was a pleasure to watch him. I thought he was excellent. Uh, I thought he had a lot of space in the first half and he was a real threat and they ended up, I think, changing the way they pressed just to stop Joe getting on the ball. And you know, that's a real credit to him. It's great to have him back. We'll hear the full extent of that interview with the Blues head coach and move on to preview this weekend's trip to Lincoln City in part two. We'll be right back. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of five day riders for the price of four. And Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7. 
Express FM. Good evening. Welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM, sponsored as always by Stagecoach across the South. Visit stagecoachbus.com to find out even more information on what they're doing in your area and how they are making their transportation services cleaner and greener across the South Coast and the entirety of the United Kingdom as well. This evening, joined alongside both Freddie Webb and Ryan Lewis to review Pompey's 1 0 victory over Burton Albion on Tuesday night. A little later on, we'll be looking ahead to their next challenge Lincoln City um, await tomorrow afternoon we'll come on to talk about that one a little later on but first let's get to a couple of emails coming in first of all Linda says at least we won on Tuesday night in an easily forgettable boring match there were two good things to come out of the game which were the return of Joe Rafferty how we how we have missed his crosses and also Josh Oluwimi his saves but kept us in the game hopefully this will give him more confidence play up Pompey um, Linda on the emails there um Freddie Webb from the PO Forecast. Um, we spoke about it last night on the latest episode of your podcast, which I do invite fans to listen to after the show, of course. Um, we spoke about Josh Oluwaimi in brief detail and his important saves, not just on Tuesday night, but even at Plymouth um, and the week before as well, despite the defeats or despite the defeat at Plymouth, at least. Um, but on Tuesday night, it really showed... Um, how crucial those stops were from Joshua Oluwim. He's someone who's really growing into that role and getting that match day experience. Yeah, he's definitely getting there, considering in January he was pretty much mooted for a League Two loan, wasn't he, before Josh Griffiths was recalled. Obviously, coming into the League One, into League One football completely cold, aside from some Papa John's Trophy games, he, he's still very raw. His distribution is quite slow, but he's just come across with big saves. Two key saves in the Burton game, the biggest being saving the Powell header, and then during during the Plymouth game, he was unlucky to, see, to concede three goals, and the advanced analytics around goalkeeping shown he is saving more compared to the quality chances he's facing. So he's doing better than many people suggest. There's still a long way to go for him, obviously, but We'll have to see how he does, because obviously we're unsure how long Matt Macy will be out uh, mm. due to an illness. Yeah, um, that illness uh, mentioned there by uh, Freddie for, for Matt Macy, of course, we we, know, we don't know truly the full extent of that at the minute, Ryan. But for, for Josh Oluwimi, particularly after the, the trip to Bolton a few weeks ago, after Josh Griffiths was um, recalled not long before that match, and then, of course, Plymouth away last weekend when he had to fill in for Matt Macy two games um, prior to the Burton match where he conceded six goals overall um, on, on the wrong end of the, of, of the scoreline in, in both of those matches, something that... For any player, let alone a goalkeeper, will 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 obviously take a, a knock to the confidence. But he has stepped up from that and 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 proved to make some really big saves, particularly on Tuesday night, where without them, um, yeah, it could have been a completely different story. Oh yeah, there's no denying he needed Tuesday, needed it for his confidence going forwards. Obviously, like you said, he conceded six goals in his last few games. I think um, made some very good saves and made amends for. Um, a couple of mistakes during the game at Plymouth um, that with his kicking. Um, there's a few few errors there, but but no, um, he is a bit slow with distribution, but obviously that will come in time. I think his kicking his kicking's superb. Yeah. Um, for a young keeper, and obviously he'll no doubt improve. Question is as well now, Freddie, for for next season. We, we, again, with something we spoke about on the on the podcast last night, wasn't it? Um, in, in terms of where Pompey go in the future for a new goalkeeper, we know the plan is for the summer to get a new or a new keeper in a, a permanent signing rather than relying on loans like we have done with the likes of Josh Griffiths and, and Gavin Bazunu and now Matt Macy as well. Um, where, where does that leave Josh Oluwimi for you? Because we've spoken about in the last couple of weeks after these performances, but he can only improve with you know game experience and getting regular minutes under his belt does that mean that maybe next season being a backup to whoever comes in is is not quite suitable do you think a loan would be better fitted for Josh I think long term you have to look into a loan move for Josh I think young keepers they just like you said earlier they just need game time like youngsters in general I think he's pretty much ready it seems for League 2 football for an extended period of time so if they, so if um, John Massino in the summer and Richard Hughes go into it, find the right goalkeeper to potentially give the starting job to. If they if they'd like to loan out Joshua Liemi, maybe maybe they can bring in another young backup keeper or a very experienced head 
who might be doing coaching on the side, something like that. Mm. But no, I think it would be very nice to see him get a long stretch of games, I think, from past from past memory. I think goalkeepers yeah. like Alex Bass would have benefited from that a lot because he would, he would come into the cold all the time. And yes, he would play well, but for his longer development, it would have been nicer to have that full season or a full half season under his belt. Yeah. Uh, and from one goalkeeper to uh, another, Ryan, on Tuesday night, um, Burton Albion's new signing, uh, Craig McGillivray. Uh, we all know exactly what he's about. And at one stage at nil-nil, he made an incredible save, didn't he? How? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, was, it was magnificent. Most of the threatening end thought that was going to go in. Mm. It was just tipped around the post and yeah unbelievable save um, and I just think he played very well he slowed the game down got got the fans on his back a little bit for that but at nil nil away from home Burton's position that's what you need to be doing yeah absolutely um, in terms of Craig McGillivray again Ryan um, I've never seen it before I've never seen a fratten end applaud an opposing player like Craig McGillivray after making that save on Tuesday night and that goes to show really the respect between the fan base and the former blue shot stopper who still still got got it in him and my question to you now would be if Pompey are looking for a permanent signing in the summer could he be an option um well I think well he's still got it like you said um I don't think that Pompey will go down that route I think potentially maybe someone a bit younger but on a permanent um but yeah as you say as you say um, we applauded him. He he left on a positive note with the fans. Yeah. Such uh, many people thought it was unluckily dropped by Jacket for Bass. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, still definitely got it. Yeah. Uh, and a great signing for Burton. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, going back to, to Tuesday night's game, um, Freddie, and, and the way that Pompey had to really dig deep to find that victory in the end. We spoke about Dane Scarlett's goal and the knockdown from Joe Piggott and the kind of confidence boost that will give um, the Spurs low knee. But really, the, the game plan from Burton Albion, it wasn't to necessarily sit back and park the bus throughout the entire 90 minutes, but they certainly had their, their game plan in the way that they were sort of narrow through the middle, really restricting Pompey to um, not the amount of chances but just use utilising their strength at the back to, to deny Pompey in front of goal they had their threats in front of their own goal um, particularly in the first half but do you think that maybe Tuesday's frustration from the Pompey fans in waiting so long for that goal to come was more down to the way that Burton Albion had come to Fratton Park and, and really adopted to, to come and play or do you think that was perhaps more or less down to maybe the way that Pompey themselves had come out in that game. What do you think it's more down to? Uh, I think both are pretty valid arguments, yes. Burton came into this game, sat in a low block with a five at the back, made things very difficult, were a very physical side, and that's the strength that that team has, and that's how they've built around, and that's how they've managed to claw themselves near enough out of the relegation zone slowly. So that it's always going to be a clash of styles when they come against Pompey, when they have more possession. But from the last, a lack of creativity and a lack of creating high-quality chances has been Pompey's downfall this season. And it was one of the major reasons why they went on that rut of one win in 15 ages ago. Um, so the longer Pompey go in certain games, especially against sides that on paper are inferior than them, the more frustrated the fans are going to get. I don't. I don't blame them. It, the players have to sh- have to show that they can be more creative and create those chances. Yeah, you could tell um, from from the atmosphere on Tuesday night, Ryan. You could sometimes, or at stages in that game, just cut it with a knife. Um, it, it was a tense affair. You could you could tell that perhaps Fratton Park, and I might get slaughtered of saying this, but it wasn't quite the raucous atmosphere we've seen Fratton Park produce in recent years. There was. You know, a lot of tension, and, and it did seem that the game was on a knife edge on that one. But I've seen plenty of opinions on social media since the match, and it goes to show that opinions really are um, just just so key in, in terms of summarising football, and, and everyone's entitled to um, their own. And there are so many contrasting ones from Tuesday night. Some were coming away from that game saying Pompey weren't good enough, they were bored, they were left frustrated, and they don't see any hope for the remainder of the season. Whereas others we're more on the side of actually no you know we played pretty well um it was more or less as kind of Freddie's alluded to there Burton came down with a game plan and in the end we plugged deep and, and, and found a way through them 
what kind of a, what side of the fence are you sitting on there? Was it a decent Pompey performance and just a frustrating one from the opposition, or is there more to be concerned about? Personally, I think it, we we did play well, particularly the first half. I think yes, we were pretty slow in the build up, but we were getting on the ball as the game went on. Joe Morel was getting on the ball, was dictating play. I've mentioned earlier, Rico Hackett had a few decent runs. I think Burton came with a game plan, as Freddie alluded to, um, set back, and like I said, I. I thought a goal was going to come. Um, mentioned in the atmosphere, mm. I think it was pretty, pretty poor. Yeah. Um, it was at times during the game when you can actually hear the Burton Burton fans, <laughs> all 103 of them, mm. um, and we're in danger of Fratton Park becoming becoming normal, really, if this yeah. happening. It's been a few games this season where I've felt the atmosphere's been flat. You can hear people talking, eating, um, and... Yeah, I think it's reflective of the performances we're seeing on the pitch. It's a very difficult grey area as well, isn't it, Ryan? Because you know, some will say that in order for the players to, to perform at their best, sometimes they need the fans behind them to, to give them that extra boost. But then you've also got the other side of it as well. You know, they're professional footballers on X amount per week. Shouldn't really take a few fans singing to, to really dictate how they play. But it, it's that, it's that grey area, and as you mentioned, it's... Uh, been a bit tense throughout the stages of the season as you can imagine through what has been a very difficult campaign uh, for the Blues. One email here um, from Dave Byrne who's got in touch saying good evening Jake and guess are you the debate as to whether we will need another overhaul of the squad this summer? Surely all the time we have potentially half a team being low knees that will inevitably go back to their clubs in June but it becomes unavoidable. In addition to five low knees there are players that have proven over time they will not be part of a promotion winning squad at Pompey. Taking these into account you could easily be looking at double figures again. We had this debate last year and I said the same thing then. At the time Danny Cowley said he only anticipated two or three players coming in but that was never going to be the case and it wasn't and it won't be this time or in the future if we persist with so many loans. On another topic, I see Wigan extended Jack Watmore's contract this week, reminding us of how we somehow let Jack leave on a three. Good for him. He's made almost 80 appearances already for Wigan and is currently their player of the season. Not good enough. From our point of view, though, says Dave Byrne on the emails, who continues by saying our recruitment and squad management has to be better in the summer, which hopefully, and as signs in the January transfer window, is slowly starting to. Uh, an awful match on Tuesday, but uh, a good three points. Three more needed and very achievable at Lincoln if we turn up, play at Pompey. Dave Byrne on the emails there. If you like Dave, you'd like to get in touch this evening. You've got just under 25 minutes to do so. All the usual ways, 81400 on the text. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com. Tweet using at expressfm or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. We'll get to more of those shortly, but it's time now to hear from the Blues head coach, John Mussino, and his thoughts following Pompey's 1-0 win over the Brewers in midweek. After the full-time whistle, he spoke to Max Swatton, who first asked how he was feeling. Yeah, I'm absolutely thrilled. Um, you know, sometimes the, the nature of those victories uh, means that you're, you're really up high late on, but I think we, you know, we really deserved it over the, over the course of 90 minutes, and we created some good chances without being quite as clinical as we'd like to be in the final third, so I think I think overall we, we fully deserved it and um, you know really really pleased for uh, the reward for the effort endeavour that the, the lads showed across the entire game. It's great scenes at the end, how did you feel when the goal went in? Yeah, a mix of sort of relief and, and elation. Really, really pleased, obviously, for um, first of all the fans that, that stuck around and, and saw what was a, it was a difficult game to, to watch at times. Um, Burton came with the game plan and they were very, very good at it. Um, and they frustrated us for, for large periods. And um, you know that was that was obviously something we had to deal with and, and maybe could have dealt with, with slightly better. But yeah, really pleased for them first of all. Second of all, really pleased for the for the team. Um, a really important three points for us. Important clean sheet going into the weekend as well and, and a lot to build upon. Dane Scarlett with the goal at the end. What will that do for his confidence? A huge amount. I mean, I don't think he's not a confident. You know, he is a confident lad anyway, so I don't think he lacks it, and that's brilliant. And that's one of the reasons that uh, he's looked such a threat. I think when he when he's come on, he he looked a real threat against Plymouth when he came on the weekend. Just maybe without that final product. So the fact that he's added that today, um, you know, I'm I'm really thrilled for him there. It's it's, it's brilliant to see the the subs coming on and make a difference. And and it was it was obviously Dane and it was it was Joe with the knockdown as well. But I also thought um, you know the the others contributed brilliantly as well. I thought Ryan with his little cameo and um, came on and, and did terrifically as well so uh, yeah really really happy with with how that uh, how that panned out and props to Josh Oluwayemi as well who arguably kept us in that game wouldn't got the three points about him 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, if you look back at that moment, it's a massive moment at the start of the second half where uh, Josh does brilliantly well to, to, to keep them out. And that was how they, they were going to score, I think, either a set piece or on the break. And, and they've broken us and, and they break really well. That's what they're really good at. I think that's where they've come into the game, um, winning three on the on the spin. And, and yeah, it was, uh, it was it was great to be able to count on Josh. I think um, special credit should should definitely go to him. He, he didn't know he was playing the game till about half four this afternoon as we were waiting on, on news from Matt. But he's a, he's a really good professional. He trains really hard every day. Um, he works brilliantly in terms of improvement and what's he, what he wants to do. He was he was on the bus with with Joe on Saturday evening, working through all of his clips and working through what he could have done better in the game. And, and thankfully, I think we saw some of that um, come out today. Where uh, if, an example, a couple of the back passes where he slashed at them on Saturday, but today he was a lot calmer. He took a touch. He trusted himself. He was composed. He's a really powerful lad as well, so he can he can get himself out of out of problems if need be. Um, and yeah, just overall, really really pleased for him. Kind of the start to Joe Rafferty, a clean sheet for him, but as I said, the first start for him since his injury. What did you think of his performance? Yeah, so we thought that we'd, we'd maybe have to replace Joe after 70, but he just grew into the game and it was a pleasure to watch him. I thought he was excellent. Uh, I thought he had a lot of space in the first half and, and he was a real threat and they ended up, I think, changing the way they pressed just to stop Joe getting on the ball. Um, <clears throat> and you know, that's a real credit to him. It, it's great to have him back. We've obviously got to manage that and make sure that uh, Joe you know, stays fit for the rest of the season if possible. But the more options we have coming back, the better. You know, it was one of those where um, Deshaun going down, going down late today or failing a, a fitness test late today, it was brilliant. We've got Joe just to come straight into the team um, slotted in and, and did very well you mentioned Deshaun there Marlon as well also failed a late fitness test what was the situation there yeah just just two that we were waiting on um, we, we thought they'd actually make it uh, yesterday we'd, we'd name the team with a minute and uh, yeah unfortunately today they, they didn't and, and that's you know, part of having having the squad that we've got making sure that people can come in and, and do well when called upon and, and when needed and I thought both of them did uh, absolutely brilliantly Louis was, was the one that came in late for, for Marlon and uh, he, was, he was excellent he only came off because we were worried about the, the fact that it was maybe pushing on um, in terms of minutes and I think Louis's been out with that broken leg. He had uh, 60 minutes against Peterborough, and it was 70 today. And he's he's pushed on. I thought he was he was really you know he looked a lot better than he did against Peterborough today. And that's going to come through through time out on the pitch. Um, so yeah, um, just testament to both of them to be able to come through that and, and and not use that as an excuse. Back to today's game. What does it say about the character of your squad? Most importantly, the subs being able to come on and, and make such an impact. Yeah, I mean it, it says a huge amount. That was one of my, was one of the messages there was that they've got to have. Character as a squad, they've got to have belief as a squad. They've got to make sure that they are together as much as possible. And it's really difficult for for lads that aren't being picked. And and there are guys there that haven't started any games since I've come in. And I know that's really really tough. I get it. I, I've I've been in their shoes re- really recently, so I completely understand that. But um, when you're on my side of the fence, you know that actually you're going to have to rely on them at some point you're going to need them at some point um, and today was the perfect example right we, we changed the team the team had three different names in it maybe yesterday if you if you include Matt and then by half four today um, those have changed and so people have got to be ready they've got to be ready at all times and they've got to be ready to do what they did tonight the post-match comments of John Musino from Tuesday night then following the Blues 1-0 victory over Burton Albion at Thratton Park okay in the third and final part of the show the three of us here and you back home of course will move on to preview the Blues next game. Lincoln City await at Sinsel Bank and we'll also catch up with Jay Sadler ahead of the Pompey Women's Clash with Cheltenham on Sunday. He's been talking about his team's position in the league table and whether or not it's changed the mood and mentality within the squad. At the end of the day, you want to finish um, in that top spot come the end of the season and it doesn't matter when you get it as long as you get it at the end of the season. But for this group of girls, um, it just shows um, how far they've grown as a team. More from Jay Sadler and the final thoughts of myself, Threddy Webb and Ryan Lewis when the Football Hour returns after this quick break. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. 
Hello there, welcome back for the final time this evening to the Football Hour here on Express FM, sponsored of course by Stagecoach Across the South. If you missed any of tonight's show, or if you just want to listen back to this evening's instalment of the Football Hour, or even any previous episode of the show, you can visit our website expressfm.com forward slash podcast, and even Spotify, the Apple and Google Podcast apps as well. And this evening's episode will be uploaded in uh, around about half an hour's time from now, so shortly after uh, we end things here on the show this evening. Okay, just under 15 minutes to get in touch tonight, Pompey fans. If you haven't done so already, all the usual ways can be found on our website, expressfm.com. We want to hear your score predictions ahead of Pompey's trip to Lincoln City this weekend. Okay, the three of us here will soon be moving on to preview that game. But first, a word on the Pompey women. They are top of the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division, two points ahead of Oxford United in second, who, however, do have a game in hand on the Blues. Jay Sadler's side were 1-0 victors over Gillingham away from home last weekend to keep their place at the top of the tree. And earlier today, I caught up with the head coach and the Pompey Live analyst, Jay Sadler, to preview Sunday's encounter with Cheltenham Town. Jay Sadler, Pompey Women's Boss, welcome back to the show. Great to have you on. This is becoming quite a regular thing, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah, can't complain. <laughs> not at all. Um, look, Jay, we've got another big, big game coming up this weekend. And I'm not talking about the men. They're travelling to Lincoln. But the Pompey women have got another massive, massive game. And back at Wesley Park for the first time in, what, five weeks? Yeah, five long weeks for four big away trips um, in that period but the uh, the group has, has navigated through them um, and we're looking forward to having our home comfort now on, on Sunday in what will be a difficult game against Cheltenham. Yeah and what, what do you kind of what kind of test do you anticipate from this Cheltenham Town side obviously you went to Gillingham last weekend won that game by goal to nil narrow margins but the ultimate thing is you've got the win over the line is this going to be a different kind of challenge for your team? Yeah, yeah, it is to be fair. And all the four games we we faced in that running have all posed different challenges. Um, Cheltenham are going to be more of a physical test. Um, they've they've got some real um, athletic and and, and physical um, qualities in their team, um, but they can also get the ball down and play. Um, they've they've taken three points um, against Oxford. Um, they ran Watford quite close um, last weekend, so they're coming here. Um, with confidence, they're coming here with no fear, uh, and ultimately we we've got to manage the expectation. What's the mood been uh, kind of within the camp on the training field since kind of the last fortnight or so? Obviously, having taken over that top spot at the top of the table, has that changed the mindset within the team, or is it just business as usual? No, it's just been business as usual. Um, obviously, at the end of the day you want to finish um, in that top spot come the end of the season and it doesn't matter when you get it as long as you get it at the end of the season but for this group of girls um, it just shows um, how far they've grown as a team um, last year we knew we had the quality it was always about having that consistency within our mentality or preparation and this year as I keep saying all the solutions that are coming our way um, we've, we've got the we've got this we've got the problem uh, sorry all the problems that have been coming our way we found the solutions yeah. which have been have been a credit to the girls um, and that's why we're picking up points and just business as usual one game at a time we'll, in, we'll enjoy this this wave of momentum as, as we ride it and of course this weekend Jay you're without two players due to international call-ups Ella Humphrey May Golden how do you work around that yeah well that's why we built a big squad so we've got a lot of quality that'll be coming into the squad um you look even last weekend with, with jazz younger coming back into it as well we got soapy quirk who'll be coming back into the squad this weekend too so yeah we, we built a big enough squad and obviously we're we're excited for for the two of them to get their opportunities at the international stage and we've been keeping a close eye on them um getting some game time out there which is great and, and when they come back in it's going to it's going to have for more um, competition within the squad. And, and that's ultimately what's been keeping the players on their toes and enabling us to perform at such high levels. The pre-match thoughts of Pompey women's head coach Jay Sadler speaking to myself earlier this afternoon ahead of their um, game against Cheltenham Town this weekend. That's Sunday, 2pm at Wesley Park. If you do fancy that one, tickets uh, still on sale for that game, of course, uh, to see if the Pompey women can remain top of the FA Women's National League Premier Division. So Cheltenham Town, the visitors on Sunday at Wesley Park, 
2pm kickoff for that game. Just moving on quickly before we do um, come on to preview Pompey's trip to Lincoln City and some big news surrounding John Messino's assistant head coach and it was yesterday announced that a former Pompey defender actually, John Harley, has left Chelsea to take up the position. So John Harley will be John Messino's assistant head coach. He'll be in the dugout for tomorrow's trip to Sinsel Bank and the reason we're not covering it in too much detail this evening is because we'll be doing exactly that on Monday's edition of the show. So much to cram in on tonight's instalment of the Football Hour. So we will instead be highlighting the appointment of John Harley uh, as assistant head coach at Fratton Park on Monday evening. Uh, just a quick brief on him. The 43-year-old left his position working with the development side at Chelsea uh, to join John Messino's backroom team at Fratton Park. He's been at Stamford Bridge for the last 10 years, retiring as a player just over a decade ago for hometown Maidstone United. So that is former Pompey defender John Harley will be John Messino's assistant head coach at Fratton Park for the remainder of the season and in the future as as well more on that on Monday but now to preview Pompey's trip to Lincoln City tomorrow afternoon a tough test awaits for John Messino's side let's take a quick look into the opposition Cupid's arrows were targeted on Pompey in midweek as Dane Scarlett helped the Blues to a 1-0 victory at home to Burton Albion next up from one mythological creature to another the imps of Lincoln await at Sinsel Bank. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Tuesday's victory at Fratton Park served as Pompey's first points maximum in four matches, following an accumulation of just one point from games against Peterborough, Barnsley and Plymouth Argyle. John Messino's side are back on the road this weekend and now we delve a little deeper into the names and numbers powering a Lincoln City side still unbeaten on home turf in the league this season. Manager. Former Ipswich, Manchester City and Wolves coach Mark Kennedy is now at the helm of Lincoln City. The Irishman took charge of the club on the 12th of May 2022 on the same day as his departure from Birmingham City as Lee Bowie's assistant was announced. Kennedy arrived at Sinsel Bank having only previously managed one other team. He spent just seven months at Macclesfield Town before re-signing in August 2020, with the club having just been relegated to the National League as a result of receiving a points deduction from the EFL. The 46-year-old has overseen 40 games in the dugout as Lincoln boss, claiming a victory in 13 and therefore producing a win percentage currently standing at 32.5%. One to watch. 25-year-old Olamide Shahodapo is someone to look out for this weekend. The winger, who has been handed the number 11 shirt for the Imps for the remainder of the season, is currently on loan at the club from championship outfit Queen's Park Rangers. Shahodapo scored the opener for Lincoln at Derby County on Tuesday night, which was his first goal for the Imps. Top scorer. Lincoln's top scorer in League One this season, Ben Howes, will not be eligible to feature in this weekend's game. The 23-year-old forward, who has found the back of the net on seven occasions in the league so far this term, has picked up two yellow cards and was therefore sent off in the Imps clash with Derby County in midweek. Across all competitions, the Scotsman has bagged eight goals, having also scored in Lincoln's 3-1 Carabao Cup win at Bristol City back in November. Current Mark Kennedy's side occupy 13th position in League One as things stand. 10 points clear of the drop zone and 15 behind the playoff places. Recently, they've gone five unbeaten, drawing three and winning two since the last league defeat away at Charlton on the 7th of January. Lincoln have somewhat of a strange home record heading into this weekend's meeting. They're still unbeaten in the league at Sinton Bank, having won three and drawn 11 of their 14 matches on home soil. Last time out, the Imps shared the points with Derby County following a one-all draw at Pride Park on Tuesday evening. Can the Blues make it back-to-back victories and bring an end to Lincoln's unbeaten home record? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Line. Thank you, Mason Jordan, taking a closer dive into this week's opponents, Lincoln City, for the Blues at Sinsel Bank. Ryan Lewis and Freddie Webb for the last few moments of this evening's uh, show. Freddie, um, look, Lincoln, their position on the table might indicate um, not necessarily a straightforward game for Pompey tomorrow, but one that is certainly winnable. However, as Mason's alluded to there, a very bizarre home record this season. Unbeaten in 14 league matches at Sinsel Bank, drawing 11 and winning three of them, being defeated on zero occasions. This is going to be one of the toughest tests of the season. 
Yeah, it would be quite tight, won't it? Um, <clears throat> Lincoln have got a fair number of players who I'm looking at who have got a lot of quality behind them. I think one of the, one of the best ones is Jack Diamond, who was at Sunderland, I believe. Um, he's a very wicked winger, but also scored six goals in the league this season. It's good news that Ben Howes isn't playing. Also, Lewis Monster isn't either. Um, but Lincoln have got options. I think standout for me, you mentioned Shadipo earlier. He's got a lot of creativity to him. He's played in the championship before. But one other player who they signed in January is Ethan Erhan from St Mirren, a proper box-to-box centre midfielder who could link up play. Um, they've had problems creating high-quality chances for their striker, and yeah. but signing a midfielder that, like that will definitely help them. Yeah, and a big thing, is, as Freddie's mentioned there, Ryan, uh, the top, top goal scorer Ben House, um, who was sent off on Tuesday night in their trip to Derby County. Two yellow cards picked up in that one, and an interesting stat here, that there have been red cards shown in each of Lincoln's last three matches. Two for opposing teams, one for Lincoln, as we mentioned there, Ben House, on Tuesday night. Uh, he was the recipient of that one at Pride Park. So, look, tomorrow has probably got a draw written all over it, considering both Lincoln and Pompey love a draw. The fact that there's been a red card in each of Lincoln's last three games indicates that it could be a pretty feisty encounter as well. How do you see this one going, and what do you think the Blues need to do to try and you know, maybe be that first team to beat Lincoln? Um, like you said, um, it's got a draw written all over it. I'm just looking. Between the 58 league games between Pompey and Lincoln, 25 of them have been draws. <laughs> um, Lincoln, like Freddie's saying, they, they do struggle creating chances for their strikers. Mm. Maybe if, if they had... Um, player like they've just signed all season some of them 14 draws may have turned into wins and maybe they're looking at a playoff push um, Hope Mullen Pack doesn't play we're on about red cards and not his <laughs> record this season yeah. um, no I'm not joking um, I think what we need to do is get the ball wide I think mm. um, they, they they play quite quite narrow um, get the ball wide get, get Rafferty on crosses and potentially obviously we will know Bishop's like in the box. Yeah. Um, as the game goes on, if we, if it's still drawing, we we know Massinho's not afraid to make subs like he did at Plymouth. Yeah. Peter Brad attacking subs. He brought on brought on Piggott, brought on Scarlett. So I think we just need to contain them. Um, they don't score a lot of goals. They've only got 29 this season. Don't concede a lot of goals. So probably you're probably looking <laughs> at nil nil or one one. So what's your score prediction, Ryan? Score prediction My, time. I don't want to say nil-nil, so I'm going to say 1-1. One, 1-0. One. One one yeah. 1-0 one draw. Thank you, Ryan Lewis, for your score prediction. Uh, Freddie Webb, very quickly, score prediction from yourself, please. Uh, yeah, I can't really go against what I said on the pod, <laughs> which was 1-0 draw. Uh, goals for Colby Bishop, and I think it was Jack Diamond for Lincoln, I think. Okay, no, <clears> 1-0 draw written on over it, according to our two guests this evening. I'll be a bit more positive. I'll go for a 2-1 Pompey win. We're going to be the first team to beat Lincoln City in the league at Sinsel Bank this weekend. Why not? Pompey Live returns with full coverage of tomorrow's game tomorrow afternoon from 2 o'clock. I'm taking the day off, so you'll be joined by Robbie James and Pompey Women's Head Coach Jay Sadler. All the unmissable action. This is... Pompey Live. It needed a late winner for Pompey to find three points at home to Burton Albion on a romantic Tuesday night at Fratton Park. And Scarlett scored! And Pompey steal it at the end! A stoppage time winner for Dane Scarlett! Next up for the Blues, they travel to Lincoln City. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday from 2. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. That's right. Tomorrow afternoon from two o'clock with full coverage of Pompey's trip to Lincoln City in League One. Andy Moon and Michael Doyle will be on the commentary at Sinsel Bank for this one. Okay, a big thank you to everybody who tuned in to this evening's show. Thank you once again to Stagecoach Across the South for supporting this season's edition of the Football Hour. Thank you to Freddie Webb from the Portsmouth News and the PO Forecast for appearing on the show. Freddie, thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Always a pleasure. Have a great weekend, everybody. And thank you as well to our studio guest this evening, Ryan Lewis. Safe journey home, and I will see you 5.30 tomorrow morning. You are indeed. <laughs> nice early train up to Lincoln City. Thank you once again to both Freddie and Ryan for their contributions to this evening's show. Right, coming up here on Express FM for the rest of your evening, right after the news at 7 o'clock, Express Floor Fitters right the way through into the early hours of Saturday morning. Get your weekend started off correctly. The football will be replaying tomorrow morning between 4 and 5am if you're up like we will be why not give us a listen we'll be 
previewing, of course, tomorrow's game at Lincoln City. Uh, Ian McGuinness will be back with Saturday breakfast between 8 and 11, which is when Lily Park returns with the warm-up to Pompey Live at 2 o'clock. Thank you once again for listening, Pompey fans. I'll be back on Monday evening to hopefully review a victory at Lincoln. Take care. Have a fantastic weekend. Good night.